Hello, I'm Katie Sewell, and this is A Bittersweet Moment with Tiffany Parks. Hello, and welcome to The Bittersweet Life. I'm Tiffany Parks. This is your midweek, your second midweek bittersweet moment, second of the week, and Katie Sewell is here as well. Hello. We are bringing you two mini episodes this week simply because of all of the news and chaos surrounding the coronavirus that has overtaken not only Italy, sadly, but King County and Seattle as well. Yeah, and so yesterday we were talking a little bit about your reaction to the red zone, and today I just wanted to talk a little bit more about two things, culture and finances. And of course, we can we go into this much deeper um, on Monday, if Monday's bigger episode if we need to, but there's a term that's being thrown around in a lot of the news reports about Italy, at least in the United States. I can't speak for your Italian papers, but they're saying that one of the dangers, uh, one of the things officials are warning against in Italy is this term, forbizia. Mm-hmm. And they explain it, but I wanted to hear you explain what is forbizia and why are officials in Italy concerned about it? Well, forbizia is kind of one of those untranslatable words. There isn't a direct translation in English, but it's somewhere between cleverness and cunning. Um, it, it has a negative connotation, uh, but not. it's not 100% negative. It's like slippery, wily, maybe, wily. It's clever in a way that kind of maybe serves yourself, if that makes sense. It's not clever in the sense like, oh, I'm so good at math, I'm clever. Uh, not exactly that kind of clever. <laughs> and there's an expression in Italy. It's kind of a sad, it's a sad state of affairs, but it's kind of true, which is o furbo o fesso. You're either furbo, which is this word clever, wily, cunning, or you're fesso, which basically means you're a chump. <laughs> you're, uh, it's not quite as bad as being a loser, but it's kind of like you're a doormat. So in Italy, like you choose one or the other. You can't, there's really no in-between. Either you're the one who's conning people or you're being conned, if that makes sense. And I don't think that Forbizio is as strong as conning. It's not that bad, but it's, it's the idea. But why is that idea relevant? Is that idea because people would say, stay in your homes and these people will refuse to? Or? Well, the only thing I can think of is it's, it's sort of a sense of like, well, I'm smart enough to get away with it. And I mean, honestly, it's like I'm fighting against this feeling as well. Uh, I mentioned in yesterday's episode how much I would love to take a walk through the center of Rome and see it empty. And part of me is like, (laughs) on my way home from work, I'll just park the car and I'll just take a walk. And if someone stops me, first of all, it's just going to be me, right? It's kind of like, it's a very selfish way of looking at things. I'm not going to make a difference, right? If it's just, if I'm the only person walking around, but if everybody thinks like that, then the city will be full of people. So it's kind of like, I think I can get away with this because I'm clever. It's, it's a little bit of an egotistical attitude, egotistical and selfish. So I don't know necessarily that this is going to be a problem. I mean, we'll see, time will tell. I know that until they made this announcement, it was definitely a problem. I came into work on Monday before they made this um, announcement. As you may know, on Sunday, I believe it was, they made the announcement of the whole northern part of Italy being in a red zone. And 
and Rome, the museums closing, the events closing, sports, libraries, no weddings, no funerals, no public gathering. But they hadn't, they had not yet declared the whole country a red zone. That happened on Monday. So on Sunday, and Claudio and I had just gone out to dinner the night before on Saturday night, and it was weird. It was like I had this prep. Pre- what is it? Premonition. <laughs> I had this, pre- I was thinking of the Italian word. I had this premonition. It was our last chance to go out. He was like, sure, are you sure we should go out? It was Saturday night. I said, yeah, we need to go out because I just have a feeling like we won't be able to go out again mm-hmm. in a while. Yeah. And so we went out and we had a nice dinner and it was way more crowded than I thought it would be. And then on Sunday, it was the same sort of thing. Like I was like really pushing to take Aurelio and go for a walk in the center and he was like, do you think it's a good idea, like, you know, to be out and about and, you know, with Aurelio? It was a gorgeous day. And I said, I said, Claudio, if we don't do this now, I have a feeling we're not going to be able to. And I was totally right because it was that night that they closed all the museums, etc. And then it was Monday that they said, OK, you know, stay in. Don't go out. Don't go anywhere. But despite the first announcement on Sunday, on Sunday night, tons of people were out. Tons of people. And there were photographs in the paper in sort of populous areas of the city in the evening, Sunday evening, of just like tons of people sitting really close to each other. They'd already said, you know, you have to be one meter from each other, but the people were all, you know, clustered together as you would be in a sidewalk cafe or in a bar. And not just in Rome, also in, you know, in northern parts of Italy where it's a lot worse. And I think that that, I mean, my colleagues were talking about that on Monday. They were pissed. Here we are, like we're trying to protect our country and all of these jerks are out there like ruining it for the rest of us. And then that day on Monday, there was a huge jump in numbers. There was the biggest jump in numbers that we'd had. I believe we had 1,700 more cases on Monday. And I think the government, I think they were like, that's it. Mm. That is it. Those two things, I think, is what did it. But that could be totally unrelated. It's not like everybody that night ran out and got tested the next day. No, it's not. But I think it's it shows that n- people were not taking it seriously. People were not taking the measures seriously up to that point. Right. And they needed to do something drastic because every day the numbers are going to get bigger. And, and it's funny. I, I saw a tweet that showed the numbers from the, the increase in numbers of cases from the last five days. And it was like, you know let's say day one, because I can't remember now what day it was, let's say day one, it was like 700 new cases. Day two, 1,100 new cases. Day three, 1,400 new cases. Day four, which would have been Monday, 1,700 new cases. And then day five, which was Tuesday, which was the day after they made this uh, announcement, was 900 new cases. And I know that that can't possibly have been already, like it's too soon for that to be the reaction. But I think it's a positive thing. And I think that, I mean, you mentioned yesterday, uh, you know, a lot of people think this is too drastic. Maybe a lot of people in the States think it's too drastic. And, you know, it is drastic. But what, what's the alternative? Just like let it ride and just kill half of the old population of Italy? Well, no. I mean, I think that, that the reason, well, there's many reasons, but one of the reasons why they would be hesitating to do such a measure is because of the economy. I mean, it's probably the same reason why Italy hesitated too, was because this is going to have a long-term ramification. It's interesting because prior to this crackdown, you and I, of course, on social media, follow a lot of people who specialize in things that cater to tourists, whether it's 
blogs or tours or hostels or hotels. We know a lot of these people. We're friends with a lot of these people. And just sort of following them on social media prior to all this was not unlike the message that you said on our easily quickly dated show on Monday, which was like a wonderful little time capsule by the time it came out, of, <laughs> I thought. And the message very much was, come to Italy. We're still here. You can still go see the Cherry Fountain. You can still do all this stuff. And of course, that messaging has now gone completely away. At the time, I had mentioned to Derek that that was the case. And he was like, that's totally irresponsible mm -hmm. for any of them to be saying such a thing. But it's obvious why they were saying it, because a lot of people's livelihoods, yours and Claudio's included, is hinged on tourists to a certain degree, on people wanting to come to Italy. Mm -hmm. So for you personally, because you can't answer for everybody else, are you concerned about what this could mean for you and Claudio's financial health? Um, obviously, in the short term, yes. I think in the long term, everything is going to be okay, but I am an optimist. So um, feel free to uh, think more negatively than I do. I, for, as far as Claudio is concerned, I mean, Claudio is a, an employee of the Vatican museums, the Vatican, period. And even if this were to go on for three months, which God forbid, let's hope it doesn't, the Vatican museums is not going anywhere. I mean, not unless something much, much more drastic than this were to happen. So... You know, the worst case scenario as far as his job, right now what they're doing, because the Vatican Museums are closed, so right now what they've done is they've put them in reserve, basically, so they're like on call. So there are still people working in the Vatican Museums, restoring art and doing other certain types of cleaning and things like that. And those people, the guards need to be, to supervise them, basically. So they don't need nearly as many guards as when the Vatican is open, but they do need some. So what they've done is to try to, you know, not destroy the lives of their employees. They've put them all on reserve. They have to stay home, which we have to stay home anyway, but they're on call and they can be called in even at a moment's notice to go in and work f for whatever's needed. And doing so, they're having a very high percentage, not 100%, but a, a pretty high percentage of their salary. So this is going to go on until April 3rd. After April 3rd, let's say the museums don't open again. We don't know. They could continue to do that. Or they could say, okay, you're on forced vacation. So you'd be using up your vacation time. But again, still, that's not, it sucks, but it's not the end of the world. And then after your vacation time were to finish, if this were still to continue, you'd go in what is called aspettativa, which is basically leave with no pay. And again, that sucks. It's like, okay, we're going to have to be creative. We're going to have to figure out a way to get through this, but it's not like you're laid off. Okay. So I don't, think long term. And I think that's drastic. I think the idea that this could go on for three months and the museums could be closed for three months, just looking at China and how their situation is already starting back up, I, I'm hopeful that it will be the same here. I don't think it'll be a quick fix, but I'm hoping that in a, within a month, things should be starting to get back to normal. As far as me, my situation is much more precarious, but on the other hand, I have other sources of income. So, um, you know, I'm a writer, not that, you know, anybody <laughs> makes a lot of money writing, but it's something. And I also am able to translate also things that are not necessarily tourist related. And so I have other things that I can eventually do. Um, my magazine could go under. There's absolutely no guarantees there. And they're apparently going to call a meeting on in a, in a couple of days to tell us 
what's going on there. But, um, you know, I knew that this job was not going to be my lifelong job anyway. I was hoping to have a few more months to sort of find something else, cushion it. But, um, but Italy is very, Italy has a big social net, you know, uh, social safety net. And so, you know, if you're the company that you're working for goes out of business, um, not only do you get severance, but the government will pay you a portion of your salary for a certain period of time, like unemployment, but it's, it's pretty generous here. So, um, so I would be devastated for my colleagues, for my bosses, because it's their baby. And it would be, it would be hard for me, of course, especially now that, you know, it's not like I can just be like, okay, I'm going to start doing tours. Fantastic. No, it's not quite, quite going to be like that. But I think I'm hopeful. I, I know that we'll be fine. And hey, we can always move in with my mom in Arizona. If it... <laughs> <laughs> we'll become a totally different show then. Um, okay, so so because this is a mini episode, we're going to leave it there. Oh, that Ooh, was short. Leaving it there, wanting more. Uh, but we'll be back. We're going to be back on Monday. Maybe we won't be talking about the virus at all. Maybe we'll be talking about all of it more. But I did find how the New York Times to just end defined Forbizia. Forbizia. <laughs> yeah. Just because I wanted I thought it would be fun to just compare it to what you said. See if they got it right. I'll see if I got it right. <laughs> the Italian well, who knows? I mean New York Times, right? The Italian word for the sort of cunning or cleverness typically channeled into getting around bureaucracy and inconvenient laws. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a that's a, an aspect that maybe I didn't even mention but that's totally true <laughs> it's a broad brush this is a quote it's a broad brush character trait ascribed to italians often by other italians yeah i think <laughs> i read this article is that beppe severnini no it's not no it's not okay i feel like i read that article but i can't remember what it was well in the rush for information we're reading everything send it to me and i'll link i'll link to it in the um show notes yes uh all right and until monday uh stay safe out there everybody this has been your midweek bittersweet moment Join us again. Tip your podcasters. We're out of work. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe to the show if you haven't already. And if you love it, leave us a good review and tell all of your friends about us. Also, if you have an idea for a bittersweet moment, send it to us by email or voice memo. We're at bittersweetlife at mail.com or find us using the contact page at thebittersweetlife.net.